I'd like for us to continue focusing on your coaching journey as well. I mean, you've coached Scotland, the Netherlands, Russia, as well as Banyana Banyana right here in South Africa. Tell us a little bit about some of the key lessons that you've learned from these different teams, especially all the way across the world. Well, my way of coaching has always been that I adapt to the culture and the qualities and the talents of the players in front of me. Um, and what I learned is that that is always the most successful way if you coach a national team. If you coach a club, you can buy the players um, that you want for a certain style of football. But when you coach a national team, you can think, I want to play this way, but the players show they have talent for that way. Um, and um, I was, can I use the word? I was slotted in the Netherlands before we really became successful because we did not play the Dutch school, whatever that is, but we did not play starting in the build-up and the way they, they are able to play now. Because we were amateurs, the opponents were professionals um, and we were just not capable of playing dominant in the half of the opponent. So we had a very realistic playing style, sitting deep. Uh, you can compare it with Atletico. It's Atletico <laughs> against Man United this week. But then at a lower level, of course. Um, and But that suited that team. And we came to, um, a, a, in uh, 2009, eventually, uh, with that style, on four minutes, we missed the finals. Uh, so in extra time, in the semifinals of the European Championships, we were knocked out by a header of Scott. Um, but we were very, very successful. Then I went to Russia. Russia is a complete different uh, style. And I had already Scotland, the, the terriers, I called them uh, my Scottish terriers because they were just going through walls. Then I went to to Russia. There were players who needed to always be in control, who um, had to play, did, did not have a lot of initiative themselves. That's their culture. So I had to adapt to, to uh, their culture and their style of play before I went to um, South Africa. And in South Africa, after the first training session, I saw there's so, so much uh, talent here, but there was not yet much of um, awareness and insight in the game, um, how to do things together. Teamwork was not developed. Um, and you could see it even in possessional plays and in the first game that we played against um, uh, Zambia, it was, I think. <coughs> So we started to build a playing style that suited the players of uh, South Africa, making them aware what they're capable of. Um, and I think that the way that we've built that up um, has been phenomenal because those players which just trusted me so much that I was just acting in the, in the benefit of them and nothing else. Um, and together with the staff and the players, um, we had a fantastic project going to the Olympics eventually in Rio. Um, only only gained one point, but every single game, um, we were the surprisement of the tournament. The FIFA people chose our game to come and watch because they wanted to know what was happening over there. And um, and if you put the, the sequence behind, we, we could put, um, well, Sweden away from our goal. We only lost by a, a mistake of the goalkeeper um, who had a fantastic game the rest of the game, an absolutely amazing game, uh, like all the others. Um, China, we could even put on the pressure. We created all the chances. But if you're just at that top level, then you, you go through a phase that you don't uh, convert those chances. 
and without one outbreak uh, in the first half, at at, at the moment of, of halftime, uh, they scored out of a break. And then at, at the end, they scored again. But we ended up with only two defenders and five strikers. And, and it was just absolutely amazing. Then we had to move to uh, Manaus. The Olympic Committee had forgotten our tickets, so we had to travel in five groups, and we had no food, and we had no, and we were going to the the tropical uh, area of Brazil, and then in a stadium that was yellow for Brazil, but they were playing in blue, and we were playing in yellow, so we used that, of course. Um, we could get the stadium quiet, and we were having the best chances. Uh, it was nil nil at the end, but we kept pressing and pushing till the 94th minute, till the last whistle. Um, creating chances, but unfortunately not uh, not converting again. Um, and that has been such an amazing journey. Playing um, USA in the build-up from from lesser lesser opponents to USA as the best best and number one in the world, a friendly and arguably the best game ever um, that that I've coached. Um, but putting USA under pressure in the 93rd minutes is just something that is unreal. But South Africa has so much talent, such a talented players. And, and if you grow together and you make sure that you can cope the whole game with the pressure of the opponent in teamwork with that talent to, to create things, um, South Africa has, has such an amazing future. And that has shown also uh, when Desiree took over and kept continuity in it um, with the performance that she, has, that, that she had with the team. And, and it's absolutely fantastic to see that. Oh, absolutely beautiful. Let's continue focusing on Banyana Banyana. Initially, when you started, I mean, I'm certain you had several other offers as well, and you decided to choose Banyana Banyana. What initially really excited you about coming to the African continent and working with the South African Football Association? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I, I chose South Africa. Everybody said, why do you choose South Africa? Uh, um, because the perception in Europe is that Africa is behind in football. Um, but we were, and I only found out later, the only um, not African country who has ever visited South Africa for a women's game. And when we were there, uh, somehow the country just got to me. And I felt the warmth and I felt the enthusiasm and I felt the... Um, uh, togetherness and the way that people stick together to make something of football, to make something of life, to uh, to be there for each other, that is something that I've not experienced anywhere anywhere else in that in that intensity. And I think that has made me decide to uh, to choose for South Africa. Friend called me if I was interested, and my first thing was yes because the moment I left South Africa with, with from our camp. I was on the plane and, and I left and I felt I will come back here some somehow. I will I will be here somehow. That was years earlier. I will I, I will come back here to coach or whatever. I, I will come back here. That's how I, it felt so so deep inside of me. So instead of um, thinking that the opportunity would not have been there for me it was the biggest opportunity that I got because I felt already years earlier this is what I would have loved to do and then it came suddenly thrown in my lap by Fred Hilton Smith and getting that opportunity so we went over together with my brother who's doing my my business side I'm not good in that um, and and discussed it and, and that was it 
Oh, absolutely beautiful. Now, looking at Banyana Banyana, that was one part of your journey as well. But then in 2017, you decided to go to the United States. You went to Houston and you joined the Houston Dash team as well. Now, the surprise there was there were a few ladies that you knew from Banyana Banyana, looking at a player like Tembi Khatlane, um, Linda as well, as well as Boyson. What made this team so special and what flavor did the South African players add in terms of your coaching style? Um, the um, uh, the Houston Dash was a professional team, uh, is a professional team, but there was too much of the same. Uh, it was all running power, running power, and we needed players who who started to create. Janine van Wijk was already there, so I had a connection. She knew what I wanted and how I wanted it, um, and we needed a creative midfielder and, and a creative fast striker. Now you can search like the obvious of you options um, that uh, again, like like choosing for South Africa. I'm not a person who's choosing for an ob obvious uh, option. I choose for what is best for the team. Um, and then if it's a South African player, even better, <laughs> of course. But we needed those qualities. And so we brought Linda in, we brought uh, Tembi in. And then <coughs> thrown into the depth because for me it was also the first time coaching in the United States I needed somebody that I could really trust but also that I could read and write we say in Dutch with that I would if I would say one sentence that she would know what I meant or or he but in this in this case she um, so I asked Shalene to be part of the journey and uh, and that was fantastic because Shalene always uh, saw what was happening, always understand what was happening. And in the analysis, um, she was already ahead of me. She could deliver everything and that, that saved me so much time. But it brought in part of that so much quality to the coaching staff that I'm so happy with the choices that I made. Um, and I hope that they enjoyed it as well. Oh, absolutely beautiful. Let's talk about where you are currently positioned in terms of your coaching journey. You are the head coach of Ireland, the Ireland women's team. Tell us a little bit about why you decided to agree to a contract extension and continue your journey with the Ireland national team. Yeah, it's a little bit the same as when I extended in South Africa. It's it's the heart that uh, that came in. Uh, we just missed out of qualifying for the European Championships, exactly as we just missed out in, in South Africa for the World Cup. And we were knocked out in absolutely the same way. Um, we, in, in against Ivory um, Coast, we could uh, score and score and score, but we didn't. We had 13 open chances, but didn't score. And something was not happening that day. And, and that's how we missed out for the World Cup. Uh, with Ireland, we played Ukraine and we only had to draw. Ukraine did not make, did not create one chance. We scored from 45 yards out into our own goal because the 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 defender whacked the ball back to uh, to our goalkeeper who was just offering outside the goal, and it just went in. And we had a penalty 10 minutes later. We couldn't score, and we hit the crossbar in the post, and so many chances the ball didn't get in. So it was exactly the same situation as in 2000 and what was it 15, 14? That um, that we were knocked out for the World Cup, and then my heart just it 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 hurts um, because I connect with my with my players, um, and I saw this all happening again, and I realized well probably this is part of the journey. You need to go through this phase because it's happening all the time. It happened in the Netherlands. It happened with Scotland 
first in the Netherlands, in South Africa, and now with Ireland. So I thought, if I leave now, um, then they have to start over again. And the players said, please stay, because we need continuity, and we are on the right path, and we and we feel that every game we get better. Uh, and and yeah, that made me made me stay. And I'm very happy because every game we get better again, like Banyana Banyana. And um, and like the Netherlands and like Scotland, so we will get there. And if we don't qualify now, it will be the next phase. If I would be there, that is then the question. But there is stability now, and the team has grown so much; it's uncomparable with two years ago. Absolutely beautiful. Now, some might say that you've had an absolutely beautiful journey, both as a player as well as a coach. What are some of the most important things that you would like to be remembered for? That I, <clears throat> even if it was on cost of myself, that I would always stand up for women who were not in the position to do that themselves. Um, I think that that is what drives me. And that is often uh, something that hurts your career because I've never coached the World Cup. Um, but the, the ones who work with me, um, I've got such a close relationship. I still have close relationships in Scotland, um, even in Russia, even now with the problems. I've, I've, text, I've sent a few text messages to my dearest colleagues um, because those people, they cannot help what's happening now. And they are good people. So um, even with, with them, when we, we played... Um, a few weeks ago, the, the last game of Russia was against us, actually. And seeing each other again was so warm. So um, even with them, I have a close relationship with everywhere where I've been with the players um, and, and the staff members. I've, I've got a very close relationship. And I think that is because they feel that I don't do it for the choices that I make, but I do it especially um, for, um, for, for getting the game further in, in general but creating options for women to grow and to uh, to pursue their dreams. Um, I think that that is how I would like to be remembered. You're locked onto the Sport MBT Insider, a podcast for unrelenting coverage of women in sport. I absolutely love diving deeper into the journeys of our athletes, coaches and administrators to get to know them a little bit better than we do. Coming up this Wednesday is an interesting round of quick fire questions, a great opportunity for some good laughs and some great banter. Keep it locked onto Sport MVT, where we celebrate our women in sport.